I'm Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Surviving and thriving. Broke me, dude. (laughs) Let the fun begin. Let's get it. On today's pod, we discuss all things Grizz. Ja just assassinated Malik Beasley. Ja just hit a game winner. Usher was courtside to catch every second of it. Game 5 was one of the best NBA games I have ever watched, and we relive every moment of it. The full episode for this week already dropped on Tuesday, and that episode included Trey's best bets and the Nets getting swept. So be sure to go get that. With all that being said, let's jump into it. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Oh, uh, you know, surviving and thriving. Love to hear it, love to hear it. Man, our Grizzlies just keep on topping themselves. This game five was absolutely historic. It was an all-timer, and Ja looked like the best player on the planet. I'm not overreacting. It was ridiculous. Could you imagine like being in that building with T. Morant and Usher? Like, Could you imagine? Dude. It would have been legendary being in that building. Dude, and the fact that we got outplayed the entire game, and then Pat Bev decides to call 12, it just made it so much better, man. I'm going to start in the fourth. Yes, we're going to go back to the first depressing three quarters that Cooper and I had to bear. I'm going to start in the fourth with a text chain between my co-host and I. This was after Cat hit the three to go up 13 in the fourth. Cooper goes... I'm so pissed right now. I'm just sitting here quiet. I said, same. I haven't, I haven't said a word in 30 minutes, just sitting in depression. He goes, same. I'm depressed right now. I can't even get excited that we got it down to eight. I said, they deserve to win the series. You go, we've missed 12 effing free throws. <laughs> I go, exactly. And Jaron has five fouls in 17 minutes. <laughs> and you go, called it. Called it. We lose. Jaron doesn't play. I said, game series over. And you go, pay Brandon Clark. I said, I love him so much. And then I said some ex- expletives in all caps. And you in this little excerpt by saying, Demetrius Jamel Morant. All caps. I'm going to let you take it from there. We haven't even talked about any context of the game yet, but this was a roller coaster, just like the text I just read, and I'm going to I'm gonna toss it to you now. Oh, uh, yeah, facts. I mean, literally, shout out my boy Connor. Uh, he invited me over to watch the game with him because uh, he's in town from, or he's home from Cali. Shout out, Connor. Yes, sir. And so Leah and I went over there and watched the game, and I mean, dude, <laughs> you know how it is to watch basketball games with me. Just any sports, for that matter. If my team is losing... I'm, I'm unbearable to be with. And so <laughs> I'm sitting there the first three quarters. Like the first quarter, I'm like, all right, we're playing all right. Like when you start out 13 to two, like I'm like, yeah, dude, this is this is what I've been wanting for an entire series. And then two quick Jaron fouls after their timeout and slowly but surely they're up, uh, whatever they went up. And that was the last lead we had until this fourth quarter. But I mean, it was definitely a roller coaster of emotions. I got to a bunch of points in this game where I just sat there in silence with my hands and my uh, hair, just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to fast forward a little bit because I think we went into half down five. You can correct me if I'm wrong there, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I believe I believe it was three or five. I think five. Yeah. Five sounds right. Um, so, or yeah, something like that. And so. 
I'm, I'm, in, I'm in good spirits. I'm like, yeah, we, we shouldn't. The fact that we're in this game, like, I, I feel like I've said that so many times in this series. The fact that we're even in this game with the Timberwolves, exactly. Like, <laughs> we're saying that about the fact that we're in this game, and I feel like I've said it so many times. Mm-hmm. And this time, I was like, I feel, I feel good. I, I was like, I think we find our footing. I think we're gonna play a little bit better and then the third quarter rolls around and i'm like yep i'm impressed so at this point in the third quarter i'm sitting in the corner of uh connor's pool house uh just sitting on the stairs just i'm just in the corner i'm just like quiet and depressed and then ja <laughs> ja does what ja does um 12 rolls down the lane after breaking a double team and poor malik beasley Malik Beasley is uh, standing there, uh, acting like he' about to take a charge, and uh, nah, he just got a face full of Ja Morant in his face, um, and Ja brought that ball back to his butt and cocked it on him and dunked it. And I'm sitting there and like, rest in peace. Yeah, legit, rest in peace. That was an outer body experience. And Malik Beasley yeah. is currently, uh, we know the spot where Malik Beasley lies, and that is a uh, FedEx for. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you where he lies. He lies on every kid's wall for the next 40 years because he will be on a poster for the next 40 years. That was the best playoff dunk I've ever seen. Ever, ever. seen, literally, dude. Dude, it was literally what could have been the Kevin Love poster. It was yes, what could have been. Exactly. It was just, I'm making up for the Kevin Love poster. And so, as I just said, I was in this depressed state. That dunk literally didn't even, like, we were still down 11. <laughs> We were down 11 when this dunk happens. I didn't even react, bro. <laughs> I'm literally sitting there, and my my eyes are just wide open, and my jaws drop because I'm like, I, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, mm-hmm. where has that been all game? Like, it was my first initial thought, but then I'm also like, maybe that's what we needed. Like, maybe that's the kickstart we needed. And I'll fast forward for y'all a bit. After that dunk, we went on a 39 to 24 run, and the Grizzlies get the dub. John Morant had 18 points in the fourth quarter alone. Started out two of seven from the free throws and ended nine of ten. Half of them in crunch time, like to seal the game. Um, we were shooting in a pismal uh, percentage from uh, three. We still ended with 25 percent from three, um, but. Ja had like Ja was short and shooting uh, way long the entire game, and then uh, I think it was Brandon Clark. It had to have been Brandon Clark because he was the only one who, him and Ja were the only two getting rebounds. But he he tipped the ball back out, and Ja catches it, doesn't even hesitate, just pops it and drains the three to put us up by two or one. And I was like, he is unconscious right now. I was like, it's over. He is him. Like, he is he him. him. Um, I was like. We poked the bear like Malik Beasley sparked the Grizzlies comeback, and it wasn't even his fault. <laughs> he was just he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But no, I mean, dude, this game roller coaster of a game. But I mean, one of my favorite games I think I've watched. This one, this one had a little bit of a different feel than the twenty five point comeback because, like, yeah. with the twenty five point comeback, you just felt like this one had no feeling of like sense of like urgency or like sense of like we can win this like and that's crazy to say because 25 points is way different than 13 but like with the 25 we had already overcome it once and so you're sitting there and you're like all right 16 is not that much for us and we were already on an 8-0 run we're like I, I'm, I, I'm confident going into this fourth quarter 
and then mm. we just kept going it was then all of a sudden it was not just an 8-0 run anymore it was a 16-0 run and you're like exactly. okay here we go keep going they're not calling time out just keep pounding and then it's 21-0 and you're like there it is like exactly. it was just momentum after momentum and in general like game threes are a whole lot different than game fives like exactly. tnt kept showing the statistic of you know the team that wins game five wins 82 percent of the time the whole series so i'm like sitting there i'm like would y'all stop showing that graphic when we're playing like this just stop please bro Thanks. because we are like we look flat this is terrible and like i was like sitting there generally like the series is over over like game three like i didn't feel like it was over i felt like oh shit we're gonna have a series if they win game three we're down two one but like game five i'm like dude it's i mean this is a wrap you know yeah no you and i were in the same exact boat that's why game five i mean as jokingly as chris Vernon says a pivotal game five like i mean it is pivotal because it's harder to beat somebody twice in a row unless you're the Boston Celtics. Um, it's harder to beat somebody twice in a row, especially having to go back and forth from your home court to theirs or vice versa. And so game five was huge. And I mean, Jack, we both, you, I think you texted it to me. You were like, we can't even blame the rest for this. We couldn't. It was not, this was not a choppy game. Yes. I think there was still, uh, let me do some quick math. There was still like 60 free throw shot, which I still don't appreciate, but like, this was not a ref like we can't we can't say anything bad about the refs in this game um we literally shot 25 percent from three and 67 percent from the free throw line and 40 percent from the field they shot 45 percent from the field 42 percent from three and 87 from the free throw line if i just told you those stats off real you would say 10 times out of 10 that team that shot 40 percent from three and that team that shot 80 percent from the line beats the team that shot uh 25% from 3 and 60% from the line every time cuz like you don't expect to win games where you shoot this poorly i mean exactly we could not find a shot like even uh, i think they interviewed Taylor Jenkins it was either going into the third or going into the fourth they were like coach is it you're not getting good shots or you're just not making the shots and he goes we can't make a shot he's like we're getting great open looks i mean all four of Josh's threes were wide open threes he just missed yep. three of the four it was like it's not like we weren't getting good shots like we were getting great looks we just couldn't connect um but i'm also gonna i'm not gonna lie to you dude the fact that jaron played 17 minutes and we won this game still just baffles me and yep. so it leads me to a question i'm gonna throw it to you is it time to start Brandon Clark over Jaron Jackson? Bro, it's so crazy. I literally wrote down like the same like question, not the same over Jaron. Um, I was because I, me personally, I still think we should start Jaron because of his defensive presence. I was texting um, my friend Noah Wright back and forth. He he's played basketball, you know, all throughout his childhood, but he never really keeps up with the NBA. He just he just doesn't like watching sports in general. But he was watching this game obviously because it's a big playoff game for the Grizzlies, and he's been around me enough the past couple of weeks to see what a crackhead I am and why I love this team so much. So he has tuned in to these past few games, and he. <clears throat> He was kind of confused at why I was freaking out with Jaron going in and out of the game like that. Well, he had texted me, and he goes, dude, our defense is so ass right now. I was like, look who's out of the game. And then right when Jaron checked back in, he was like, dude, like, we're good. Like, our rotations are so much better. Like, we have rim protection now. I'm like, 
Yes, and this is literally after watching him in a five-minute stretch. That's what difference he makes. It's not him flying around shot blocking all the time. Yes, he can do that, but it's him being an anchor and protecting the rim. And I feel like Brandon Clark can do that, and he can have games like this defensively, obviously on the offensive end and in the rebounding category last night with 15 rebounds. He was he was an animal last night in general. Like, I would still start him. Oh, I would too. I just I had to throw it out there because I mean, you just mentioned the guy I was going to talk about. I mean, Brandon Clark had nine offensive rebounds last night, and I'm not even going to lie to you. I think one or two of those just accidentally, like he was just they just fell into his lap. Seven of those, he right. was out jumping every single player. My favorite one was where it's literally him in the paint, and there's four Timberwolves around him. And he not only gets one offensive rebound, but he gets two, and then he gets the layup to put it back in. Back. And it, I mean, literally, this was on when we were making our run in the fourth quarter. Brandon Clark is obviously John. I'll get to John in a second, but Brandon Clark playing the way he has played all five games. He has been probably the only consistent bright spot we've had in every single game. Other than I'll give Jaw's credit mm-hmm. because Jaw has still facilitated really well and played well, but he's not scored the way we needed him to. But Brandon has been the consistent bright spot for this team. And he is, I, I'm going to be honest, he is the reason we have three wins. Because there's only been yep. one game that I thought we just absolutely won the game. All f- I, I honestly think we already should have lost the series 4-1, if I'm being completely honest with you. Because two of our wins came from games where we should not have won. We had no business in winning. Yep. But we some we... We did the same thing that you and I have always appreciated with this team, and we did not stop fighting. We kept fighting, we stayed in it, and we did not give up. And I love the resilience on this team, and that is the reason we're up three to two. I completely agree, dude. Like we should be, <laughs> we should be down in this series, and it it probably should be four one, and they're moving on to get their ass whipped by Golden State. But this team just doesn't quit, and it's so concerning to me the Jaron thing. And also, um, I, the way I was gonna, I was gonna wait to talk about Jaron until uh, we moved on to Game Six. But honestly, like I love <laughs> that question you tossed me. I'm, I looked at it from a different angle. Um, what about bringing back Stephen Adams? This is something um, you know, you and I listen to Chris Vernon quite a bit. This is something they were kind of uh, talking about today. Also, Brevin Knight said on the podcast that. Or not on the podcast, on the broadcast last night that uh, he expects Stephen Adams to start in game six. And not because of how he defends and how well he's played, because obviously he's been abysmal, but because the statistics show when Stephen Adams plays with Jaron Jackson, SA gets the bulk of those fouls and not Jaron. Yeah, that'd be. And that is huge. That would we would start Steven Adams to take the fouls away from Jaron. Because obviously Jaron needs to fix that, but he's not gonna fix that in the middle of the playoffs. He's gonna fix that this summer, if he's gonna fix it at all. And um I, I kinda I I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I don't. Cause I mean, a Minnesota reporter came in. Uh, before the series even started, and said, I'm interested to see how Steven Adams plays in this series because Cat has owned him for 10 years. And <laughs> that that's how well-known that Carl Anthony Towns busts Steven a- Adams' ass every time. And I just, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would start Steven Adams or not. I wouldn't mind it, but 
I could go either way, man. How do you feel about that? You know, it's, it's actually kind of wild. When I was, my dad didn't get, watch, didn't, get, didn't get to watch the game last night, so I was kind of giving the play-by-play um, when I got home from work today. And so what was funny is we joked, we were like, I guess we just need to play Steven Adams to co- collect six fouls and let Jaron just <laughs> not get them. And so it's kind of wild that you said right. that because I haven't – I didn't listen to the Valley broadcast. I was watching on TNT, sadly, because TNT cut it off after we won and went straight oh, to the, do. dude. Went I straight to a do. bum game. I was so mad, but oh yeah, can, hold on, hold on. So I'm so sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but the fact that I told you this last night on the phone, bro. Jaw stands up on the stand or is like in front of like the scores table where TNT's calling the game with the phone up to his ear, screaming "Call 12." And they cut it to Phoenix, and I see Jose Alvarado running up the court. I'm like, dude, what the hell just happened? Can we please get a yeah, get an interview? Like, this is ridiculous. Literally, exactly what I thought. Yes, but um, no. I mean, we were literally joking about it today. Do you do you bring Stephen Adams in just to collect fouls? And I, I'm gonna be honest. I would rather Xavier Tillman be the one that collects those fouls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just solely on the fact that we've already seen Steven Adams as a liability when he's out there playing Cat. I don't know that I... And obviously, Xavier Tillman's not like... He's not like the Marcus Smart of stopping Cat. Like, that's not what he is. He's just more athletic, and so he can make Cat work harder. Um, obviously, Cat still had... Uh, 28 points in this game. <laughs> Dang, I didn't realize he had that much. But he had seven turnovers, so I'll take it. Uh, but I don't know. Like, it's... Because, like, you know how the saying is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But at the same time, like, Josh said it best. He's like, dude, I'm tired of having to come back from all these leads, like, or all these deficits. So, like, it's one of those scenes where, like, is it actually fixed? Like, it doesn't seem like that way because we can't even, like have a lead for the entire game except for game right. two so and steven technically started that game and clicked two early fouls um and jaron didn't foul out that game so i mean if you're looking at it in that perspective maybe like just he plays the first three minutes but i don't know i just it i don't know i'll try I, you know what i want to say i'm gonna take the take the lame way out i'm gonna say i trust taylor jenkins do what you gotta do that's not the lame way out at all that's the way i should have phrased it that is <laughs> that is exactly right I, that's exactly how i feel about it i trust him with it and i'm glad i'm not in that position to be honest Facts. um we're gonna go into more of the rotation stuff in this game uh and also dive into the uh bad stuff because i mean there's so much of it in this game Dylan yeah. Brooks played uh, 36 minutes. He was 3 of 18, 1 of 10 yeah. from 3, 10% from 3. Um, the only bright spot for him is he was somehow a plus 8 with those numbers. That just shows what a great <laughs> perimeter defender he is. And <laughs> to be like still a plus 8 when you're shooting like that. Uh, yeah. What was your opinion with his performance? And um, What's funny is I did the math earlier today. And if you take out Dylan Brooks shooting, we literally almost shoot 50% from this, <laughs> this game. <laughs> we shoot 50% from the – I think we shoot – 48% from the field, and then we shoot, like, 50% from three. And I was like, mm, ain't that the truth? Because, I mean, dude, so many times, and you know you know how good Connor is at shooting. Like, Connor can 
shoot the leather off the basketball. And so he's just sitting there and he goes, it's just, why does he put such weird rotation on the ball? Cause there was like two or three that like I said, oh, that's money. And then it rimmed out and he's like, what is, why does he put that weird rotation on the ball? And I mean, we've always been like, what is Dylan shot sort of a thing, but sometimes it's like, it works. So it, we don't study it. And he's also so good defensively that we don't care. But yeah, dude, he shot way too many times. Granted, granted, I will give him credit where credit's due. For some reason, he could be shooting over 100, and then it gets to crunch time where we're trying to make a comeback, and he will drain everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly think all three of these makes came in the fourth quarter, if I'm being honest. They probably didn't, but it feels like it, because that three I know, I remember the three because it came, uh, he stepped into it, like he caught the ball and turned and shot it at the top of the key. And that was the only one he made, but that was when we were like making the comeback in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, Dylan's always been that guy that like, he's going to shoot. And like, he's one of those guys that you kind of like trust to shoot his way out of a slump, despite the fact that we have to sit here through a three of 18 game, one of 10 from three. But like, I feel like he's going like next game that he's going to come out and be like, nine of 14 <laughs> have like 30 points because i mean we know good and well dylan can score um it's just it's disappointing to see the games where he has like this because you know how important like if we don't have jared dylan becomes that much more important exactly it's like bro. it's like it you can't lose him despite the fact that he's still going to shoot the most like i mean literally he shot i have all the percentages right here everybody was above uh 30 three percent because xavier was one of three and same was Tyus. um so basically everybody was above almost 40 percent shooting mm-hmm. and then dylan is shooting 167 <laughs> exactly so. bro and like I, I can't understate what a great job he did on carl anthony towns down the stretch as well yes we had him planned for a guy that normally pl- pl- uh, plays a two or three and um he he played well against Cat, and my question to you is, Trey, um, our other co-host, is it's pretty out and down on Dylan right now. And to be honest, like I, I can't like the more I think about it, the more I can't blame him because I'm like, wait a minute, like we won 50 games without this guy for most of the year. He's wanting. I know this is it, it may sound like an overreaction, but the more you think about it, it could make sense. He's saying we should trade them. I don't know if we should we should go that far, but I, it, let, let's be honest. His value has gone down this year. It has. 1,000%. How do you... That, that's the thing that scares me, yeah. yeah. How do you feel about it? I know where you're about to go with this, so... <laughs> I don't, I, I'm trying to postpone the question. <laughs> the... Would you trade Dylan Brooks in the offseason? We would have never asked this question about Valanciunas this time last year, but I'm just trying to be ahead of the curve on this one. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> As we're up 3-2 so like, in right. the first round, we're asking you Yeah, question. yeah, no, I know what you mean. Because, like, all right, so with the Valanciunas thing, like, obviously – the way we went out last playoffs. I mean, I wasn't happy. You weren't happy. Most Grizzly fans weren't really happy. Because um, we just we just got dominated down low by Rudy Gobert. And you know how much that pains me to say. Yeah. But the pick and roll with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert just absolutely massacred us. And so we were all like, dude, either Jonas has got to play better or move to the bench and let Jeremy be the five. 
And so when the trade for Steven Adams happened, you're like, all right, that's a good trade because that gives us more of a defensive download presence. Um, so, I mean, you and I talked about it. We always thought it was like a kind of one for one sort of a deal. And we got the 10th pick. So we were like, okay. Um, and I'm going to use that 10th pick as my reasoning for my answer. So I think it was yesterday's Chris Vernon show. They were talking about how uh, Desmond Bain or no, it, it was either yesterday or the day before, but it was uh, how they were talking about how Desmond Bain, they, they thought they would have preferred Desmond Bain to have gotten the MIP over Ja. Not because they're like, Ja didn't deserve, but they're like, it looks weird to go from rookie of the year to all-star to most improved player. <laughs> um, yeah. They're like, that's just a weird dynamic because there's never been a rookie of the year that's won most improved player. And you always assume it's that, that guy who wasn't really good. He was just a decent role player. And then he, takes the next step like a massive step and so that's kind of what desmond did and they mentioned how desmond uh became like a all-around scorer instead of just a catch and shoot three guy Mm -hmm. based on the fact that he yeah because he went off the he went to the summer league and they said you're running point guard and you're going to dribble and learn how to do this and so they mentioned they said i wonder what they're going to tell zaire you got to go show us Mm -hmm. in summer league and so I guess my answer is going to lie in this. I want to see Zaire Williams' progression. Mm-hmm. If Zaire Williams progresses in the same form or fashion that Desmond did, obviously he's not going to go and become the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Mm-hmm. But if he progresses into the defensive wing that they think he can be, mm-hmm. I would not be upset if Dylan Brooks was traded. Do I want Dylan Brooks to be traded? No. But... Zaire Williams gives you a lot of flexibility with guys like Kyle and Dylan in the offseason. Because I was talking to Leah the other night because she loves slow-mo. And I love slow-mo. Like, let's not even shoot around this. I love slow-mo. Um, he's goofy as all get out to watch play basketball. But, like, if, if there was ever NBA comp to Cooper Neal, it'd be Kyle Anderson. Obviously, I ain't 6'8", though. But I'm slow as crap and... I, I'm methodical with how I play, and I can't shoot three, so I'm, it's the perfect comp. Um, I don't know who you're talking about, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> don't don't blow smoke up me. But anywho, no, I'll blow smoke up my co-host whenever I want to blow smoke up my co-host. <laughs> what was that corny shit at the set at the end of Tuesday show? I don't even remember. Uh, you said no. I am gonna call you. I'm, I'm gonna make that phone call and tell you you're a magician. <laughs> Dude, I hate myself sometimes. All right, continue dude, with your that's thought. so funny. I'm sorry my silly ass interrupted you, man. No, dude, you're fine. But I was telling her, I was like, I, I can see Kyle walking in free agency because Zaire. Um, and so in the same way, I can see them saying, hey, we're going to re-sign Kyle to less than Dylan's contract keeps and have Zaire step into Dylan's role and trade away Dylan. But my issue with it is kind of what you said at the beginning. Dylan's value is definitely plummeted. Um, so I I don't know what return we would get. Like, I don't think we'd get a one-for-one one like we did with Jonas and Steven, in my opinion. Like, I don't know what player I would look for for a Dylan Brooks trade. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. originally, like, that's, that's with what Dylan's value about. high. Yep. Exactly. Like, with Dylan's value high, I was thinking he'd be the key piece and him and somebody like a young piece would be the key piece and maybe like us trying to get like a Jalen Brown 
mm-hmm. or somebody like that. But obviously, obviously that would not go through. That's like a two K trade. But Bef- like, mm-hmm. Bef- it would have worked, right? And before this year, I was thinking like a Buddy Heel type. But Buddy, I mean, every time I see him now, he looks bigger than the last time I saw him. <laughs> you know, and it's just like I, I wouldn't like that. Yeah. I just want. I want another sniper yeah. for Ja. We need more than Bane. Facts. I'm looking at last night's stats. Minnesota shoots 42%. That's out of their mind as a team three-point. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. We shoot 25%. That is horrific. Absolutely pitiful. A, a solid team three-point shooting percentage is about 35 and above. That, that's where you want to be. And we're at, we're ten points below that. That's that's ridiculous, and it's killing us right now, especially with Ja packing the like with Minnesota packing the paint against Ja. We need more shooters. I think that's kind of what our front office is going to be looking at in this offseason. That's 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 what I would be looking at. And with the debt, I love how you brought up the Desmond thing as well because. You're absolutely right. In summer league, that was a turning point for him. And I was watching an interview with Desmond Bain um, on JJ Reddick's pod, who does an unbelievable job, especially as a former player. He does a fantastic job. And he asked Desmond, he was like, what was your turning point in the offseason? Like, like, how are you able to average almost 20 points a game now off of last season? I mean, the jump you've made is crazy, especially as a four-year player in college, you know? We should already know what you yeah. are. And he goes, and it without hesitation, he goes, Summer League for sure. Coach had me playing point guard, and I finally got comfortable with the ball in my hands. That was a turning point for me in the offseason. So you're absolutely right yeah. about that. And the Zaire thing, I, I love that angle. I love that angle you took, dude. Because Dylan, to move off him, Zaire's got to be there. He's got to be there. And I think his, his size will come. He's already... You know, got a great figure. He's got good height. He just needs to fill into that body. I mean, the kid's 19 years old. He played with LeBron's son two years ago, for God's sakes. <laughs> what I want to see him work on in the offseason is he shot 31% from three. And we're talking about snipers. I I don't want him to bump that up to 40 42%. That's not realistic. That's I'm best in the league percentage. I'm just asking to get up to D-melt level. 36, 37% is what Melt shot this year. I would love to see that. I, that would make a huge difference because Zaire Massive. gets wide open corner looks all the time because of Ja, and he's just not able to knock him down at a high clip right now. But after a season under his belt, he'll know what to work on, and I think, I think he'll improve that. If he improved it by 5 6%, like we're asking, that would be incredible. I expect it to go up probably – 33 34 next year and hopefully continue to go up from there but that's what i want to see out of zaire no 100 i want to see that out of zaire as well but uh i want to throw out some names to you and i want to see if you think they're Ooh, I like, this. like same par as like a dylan brooks like who i think we could maybe get in a dylan brooks trade um so the first one is honestly i would love this um i don't know what you would think but i would love this it'd be bringing a memphis tiger back home um Maybe like a Will Barton, because Will Barton can score. Oh, um, God, he, you, they're yeah. roughly the same height, um, and I think Will Barton could fit in nicely with Memphis. But I just don't know, like, who says no to that? Is kind of my question to you. Honestly, I think Denver would like that. They need another defender around Jokic. 
because Jokic gets thrown in a pick and roll all the time, and Dylan would help out with that, and we would love Will Barton. And if you ask any Grizzlies fans about Will Barton, yes, he went to U- University of Memphis, so you know people love him. But outside of that, this guy murks us every time he plays in Memphis. Every time. Every Dude, time. Dude, the FedEx Forum is his stomping grounds. Yes, I swear bro. he averages 50 points in there. Yes. But that's why I mentioned him first. And then another name that kind of popped into my head, mostly because I remember your TikTok where you were like, bro, Sadiq Bey is not better than us. <laughs> but Sadiq Bey can shoot it. I mean, yeah, he had that true. game where he had like 40-something points. Uh, who would say no on a Sadiq Bey for Dylan Brooks trade? Probably Detroit for sure because they, after him scoring were, yeah. scoring fifty, you know, given it was against Orlando, but I mean, they they want to keep the same age around Cade, and he's he's that young up and coming star. So I think Detroit. Yeah, probably and I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him either. Exactly, um, and another name that I've always like heard that's come to our like been rumored for like the Grizzlies, uh, kind of in the sim- similar mold of the Will Barton. Um, Actually, there's kind of two guys that fall into this category, so I'll name them both at the same time. They play for two different teams. One actually plays for the team that we're playing against now, so I would be more reluctant to do it because I wouldn't want to have to play them in the playoffs with Dylan Brooks on their team. But uh, Malik Beasley would be kind of similar to a player that you would want. He's he's not had a great year shooting-wise, but we know he's capable. Yeah. Um, but he makes more money than Dylan. Like That's kind of why, where some of this – yeah, uh, where it gets I feel like kind of skews because like you really do have Dylan on a nice contract yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and like this guy that I'm about to name does not have a nice contract but he's always been rumored to be like the guy that the Grizzlies need like you know all those m- mid-season things that like Bleacher Report posts which I'm gonna be honest with you 99% of the things that Bleacher Report posts just make me like scratch my head and be like y'all yeah. clearly don't know what's yeah. going on in Memphis but no, it's don't. Tim Hardaway Jr. Um yeah. He's he could not shoot this year, and he I mean he got injured, but God, he's that. another one of those guys that every time he plays the Grizzlies, yeah. he thumps us. <laughs> God, I wish I just wish he was on a better contract. I would do that in a heartbeat. But with yeah. that contract, dude, I don't know. It, it yeah, sounds like the Mavs want to move off of him because Mavs they are do. they're in some shit with. They're gonna have to pay Jalen Brunson. And I doubt they do that. I think Brunson walks and goes and starts elsewhere. Because, they I mean, obviously they're not going to take the ball out of Luka's hands. I don't blame them. I mean, that's just a True. Demon, yeah, like, I wouldn't either. Yeah, Brunson and his agent, they're, they're going to go somewhere else. Because, yeah. And they have that $20 million contract just sitting there. And they have Davis Bertans, $20 million Jesus just sitting Christ. there too. And he can't even make a three this year. And I'm going to give you one more guy. I think he's kind of tiered himself out mm-hmm. of – uh, Dylan Brooks trade, but he is a little older than this team's like average age around one certain superstar that we didn't get to see this year. But this guy is a guy that I love personally. He basically is a better version of John Conchar mm-hmm. um, as a smaller guard that can rebound and defend really well. Uh, and that's Josh Hart. Mm-hmm. I like Josh Hart a lot. I doubt, I mean, the, the Trailblazers. I don't know. The Trailblazers might not say no to no. that just because Dylan no. Brooks would be more of a, an established defensive player mm-hmm. to put alongside uh, Dame. But I doubt they'd get rid of him because of the way he played yeah. uh, down the street. I mean, dude, Josh Hart was nasty. I'd love uh, that. He's a great he defender traded. and a great shooter, too. I, I would yeah. do that for sure. I would do that. Yeah, so, I mean, all, all that to say, I mean, there's obviously players out there that you and I both like. 
but at the end of the day we have a the culture that we've built here or i can't even say we like that but like the culture that taylor jenkins has built and john moran has built and jaron has built hadn't even been what they really built is what dylan built because yep. dylan is the longest tenure grizzly on mm-hmm. this team yep. um and he really embodies every like what this team is mm-hmm. um you see it more you see it in jaw when when he's playing more than you do off the court but like dylan is non-stop just he's got that grizzly he's got that mentality um so I say what I say. I, it'd be a. It'd have to. I'd have to see what Zaire's look like. I have to see if they even keep Kyle. Because if they don't keep Kyle, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think it'd be stupid to trade away Dylan. Because uh, then you're, the, then your only two like bigger wings are Zaire and Dylan. And we've always had an issue where you and I have thought they were a little too small. It's gonna be um, hard replacing Kyle. Because who's gonna slide into that four outside of Brandon Clark now? Yep. I mean, you'd have to rely on Xavier a little bit more yeah. um, in the actual regular season, but I don't know. These are, dude, you're asking some tough questions. I was not prepared for that. Um, <laughs> Out of those like guys you listed, because I love that list. <laughs> the way, like, how fast you threw that together was insane. Uh, <laughs> like, which one did you like most? If you had to pull the trigger on it, I'm gonna be honest. If I, because I think Josh Hart's, I don't, I don't think he's gonna be trade traded, but. Um, if I couldn't get him, Will Barton, I would, dude, I'd love Will Barton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'd be so much fun in a Grizzly uniform. And I think honestly, you got to know good and well. He, he's, I bet you, he's always wanted to play for the Grizz. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, and so sure. I think I would love Will Barton. Um, I don't, I don't know what the Nuggets asking price would be, um, but I think I think Will Barton, if if. If you're like if you if you pulled my my chain and said you have to train Dylan Brooks, I'd go for Will Barton because mm-hmm. uh, I think he'd fit in nice. And honestly, if you get Will Barton, I could see a world where you don't keep Kyle too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like Will Barton can cover a lot of roles. He can play that backup three or four or two even, or he could be in that starting lineup. But it, I mean, it just depends. I think he'd be a flexible piece that we could use. And I mean. I think he'd also fit this culture really well. So, I mean, that'd probably be my favorite. And that's mostly just like a homer pick because, like you said, he averages a dub in the in Facts. FedEx form. Facts. Honestly, I'm going with that last one, dude. You got me. He got me in a love affair with Josh Hart. <laughs> like, just like, God, his defensive presence. And he, he shoots a cover off the ball in Memphis, too. And. I, I, would, I would love that. And he averages 20 rebounds on top of that. Facts. We're going to talk uh, just a little bit more about game five, and then we'll move into our preview of game six. But the last thing I'm going to talk about with game five is minutes played. Ja and Dez both played 45 minutes in a regular season game. Ja usually plays, you know, 32, 33 on a regular night. And he played 45 minutes. He only sat out for three minutes the entire game. And so did Dez. I loved that adjustment by him because I get it. Like, we're a team that can go 10-11 deep every night because we're really deep. We have a great roster. But, like, playoffs. And this time, I want John Desmond Bain on the floor the entire game. And that's what he did. And that's what we needed. How did you feel about that? Oh, I loved it. I was just about to, dude. I was literally just about to comment on the fact that we basically had an eight-man rotation, because uh, I mean, yes, Conchar got in, and so did Zaire, um, but they played for a combined six minutes. Um, 
and <laughs> you and I were joking earlier. You said, "Yeah, Zaire got hurt," and I was like, "Yeah, I would have, I would have said my knees bummed up too if uh, I missed a <laughs> beautiful feed from Ja Dunk because I got blocked by Jalen McDaniels, or I missed a beautiful alley oop from Kyle because I bricked it off the back of the iron." <laughs> I was like, "I'd be hurt too," um, but yeah, no, you can you can see what this was. This was, I think, these minutes played from Zaire and Conchar were the minutes that Ja and Desmond got to actually go to the bench and rest. Those were the two that came in. So it was basically an A-man rotation all night. Um, so I loved it. I, I love that. Um, honestly, I, and what's crazy is you and I were talking about who's going to play over D-Melt. Uh, should Conchar get minutes over D-Melt and Zaire or just one or the other? And I said D-Melt, and that came to fruition. Uh, but I also said I wouldn't be shocked if they all got DMPs, and they were pretty dang close. Um so I I think next game, I'm telling you right now, I don't want to have to go to a game seven. So if I'm Taylor Jenkins, some guys don't even see the floor. Like they stay in they stay in their uh, street clothes. <laughs> yeah. So you you would just uh, you know let's let's go ahead and move into game six. Let's move into game six in Minnesota Friday night seven o'clock. Um, it's it's a coin flip in my opinion. Um, me and Cooper stopped making predictions after Game Three after the two twenty five point deficits. But um, we talked about possibly bringing back SA. Uh, we're we're both leaving that up to Taylor Jenkins. We talked about starting BC in this game. Um, I would I would be fine with that. Cooper would be fine with that. And you were just talking about playing John ja Dez 45 minutes and staying away from other people. So are you wanting to completely – because we tr- we tried the Jitty thing, the John Conchar thing for Melt. We gave him a little bit of run, gave him three minutes, and in those three minutes he was a minus five. He was just as bad as Melt was. Are you fine with just staying away from both of them? Dude, I'd honestly be fine. And this is no shot at Xavier Tillman because you heard me say how much I loved him. But I would honestly be fine with literally our rotation being Jod, Desmond, Dylan, Jaron, Brandon, Tyus, Kyle. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Straight up seven-man rotation. I'm fine with that. They Toronto all play Raptors, 20 call plus Nick minutes. Nurse. Yeah. yeah, call Nick Nurse. Ask him what he does. Hey, hey, how did he you force a game life? six against the 76ers and James Harden, <laughs> the greatest choker of all time? Oh. oh, dude, you know that rookie I got, Scotty Barnes? He played 48 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Precious Achua is busting their ass too. Yeah, that's how we do it. Yeah, the top five guys in the league leading the league in minutes. Yeah, three of them are mine. Yeah, facts. Their careers will be over no. in two and a half years, but we're winning ball games. <laughs> <laughs> we might make a finals run. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, exactly. But dude, yeah, honestly, I'd be fine with the seven man rotation. It's a closeout game, man. Like we, like five. I thought we'd come out with urgency. I mean, because. <laughs> Obviously, 82% of the teams that win game five win the series. And I thought that was enough urgency, and it obviously wasn't. It took Ja putting on the Superman cape in the fourth quarter to win that. So it's like, I don't want to go back home for seven, man, but I could 100% see it happening. I could see us coming out flat for the third game in a row. The sixth game in a row. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And just... And Carl Anthony Towns talking his shit. Anthony Edwards going off. I could 100% see us getting blown out. And I could see it the other way around. I could see us blowing them out. I could see a tight game. I could see a game winner. I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about game six? Uh, I'm right there with you. I have no clue what this game is going to be hold. 
Um, shout out Trey though. His pick was literally take the Timberwolves with plus six and a half in that game. Oh, dude, he just um, texted me. He's like, dude, I'm three out of four now. He's like, my hit, my bad hit. I know. <laughs> I know, because I was sitting there and I was like, dang, yeah, he he was spot on on that. Um, he was upset about the Pelicans but, last night though. He took the money. I didn't line. even watch the game. If I'm being honest with you, I, I didn't, didn't even watch it. It wasn't um, really close. Yeah, I saw the final score, um, but no, I didn't even watch it out. My heart rate was too high to watch another basketball oh, game God, after I this game. Even, yeah. yeah, I love that. The only text my dad sent me, he didn't even watch the game, but the only text he sent me was, I bet your blood pressure is high. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I have no prediction for this game, but I do want to, before we uh, finish up, I do want to ask you a question. It's about the Timberwolves, though. Um <laughs> Is it time to trade D'Lo? I was thinking the same thing. Of course, up to this series, I would have said no because his numbers against us are astronomical. But I, I think it's time to trade him. I think you keep Pat Bev, you sign him, and you, you move off D'Lo. Um, his his value is at an all-time low, man. Like He was at the Warriors when they had their two-year skid. Uh, these past couple years, he before that, I know he was at the Lakers his rookie year. I don't remember where he was before the Warriors, so but he went. Uh, he was on that Brooklyn team. Yeah, he's on that fun like the, Brooklyn team. Yeah, he's on that fun, yeah. fun Brooklyn team. That was his only other playoff experience. I'm almost positive was that one year in Brooklyn, and they got yeah. swept or got beaten five in the first round, I believe. Yo. Dude, I think it's time to move off him. I don't know what the hell you can get for him. Like, because I don't know who's looking for a guy like that. It's like the Lakers looking to trade Russ. I don't understand what you could get for him either. Because nobody's looking for a point guard that's going to have the ball in his hands and take it out of their young guys' hands. Because I just, I don't know. Maybe New York would take him. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I definitely, I, th- I think he could fit better in New York because he can actually score. But the problem is, if Thibodeau's there, uh, he gonna have to turn into uh, Pat Bev real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, that and like Thibodeau's gonna run him in the ground and just like probably shy away from their younger guys. Like, um, God, what's that kid's name out of their G League team? Quickly. Like, no, no, quickly. Yeah, for sure. He'd probably shy away from him and Quentin Grimes. He, he'd probably yeah, and Q, yeah, yeah, Q Grimes. Is good. And you know the front office wants because he they're doing all they can to make Thibodeau play the guys they want to play, but. I, I don't know yeah. where would you, where do you think he would fit? Do you have any ideas? <laughs> I honestly, I'm a, this is gonna sound crazy because you you and I both love D'Lo. Like it's not a knock on D'Lo. Um, I just, he does not fit this team, um, and it's showing in the series. He is not playing well. Um, I can honestly see him transitioning to a backup six man role. Um, I think that'd be more his fit now than him being the starting point guard of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's crazy to say. I get that. I, I understand. I'm just thinking off the dome here. But, like, I think he could be a really serv- – like, not even serviceable. He could be a six-man of the year. Like a Derrick Rose. Um, like a Derrick Rose. Like a – shoot, like a Lou Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, or, heck, even like a Tyler Hero. Like, I mean, we know how lethal he can be when he gets going. The problem is he's just – he's just not – I say this all. I mean, he, he was 40% from the field and 50% from three last game. Um, and he had 12 points and eight assists, but, like, it's just he he does not fit Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, no, is my opinion. Um, 
I don't even. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really like Cat with Ant. I think Ant deserves to I don't have his either. team. I don't. I don't like Cat <laughs> with anybody, but especially with Anthony facts. Edwards. I love facts. Anthony Edwards. I would, if it was me, I'd trade their ass tomorrow. Both, both of them. <laughs> but at the same time, if we're talking realistically, uh, it's like I, I, I feel like they give it. They at least give Cat a couple more years before they move off him and solely fo- focus on Ant. But D'Angelo Russell, that could—that's a real thing. That could really be this summer for sure. Yeah, and I mean his contract's astronomical too. So that's the other bad thing about it. But I actually want to see how long his—I uh, want to see what his um, when his contract's up. Mm-hmm. Salaries. Um, I don't know where to go. Oh, he's he's got one more he's got one more year next year, and it's thirty one million dollars. Yeah, they ain't getting rid of him. Um, yeah, so I mean, he'll probably be there, but I don't think they'll resign him. So I'll say that instead. I didn't realize he was he only he, next year. He's got one year left. Um, he'll definitely probably be somebody that shoot. They might look to trade him at the trade deadline next year, or they might. Uh, yeah, I could see that because buy him out. Yeah, that'd be f- money fall- falling off uh, the books too. A lot of people would be looking for expirings. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see somebody that. to come in and be like a really good six man. So I mean, I don't know. I don't think they do it in the, this off season. If I'm being honest, but uh, I definitely just after that game, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, you gotta get you gotta get him off the books. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Um, did you see Victor Oladipo last night by chance? No, dude. I, I, I've been meaning to watch those highlights all day. Um, I just haven't gotten into it yet. I haven't I haven't even, like, I didn't watch, even see the game, but I just, like, see, saw everybody going crazy, and then I looked at the box score. I'm like, wait, Jimmy Butler didn't play. Kyle Lowry didn't play. And this is to eliminate the Hawks, and they did it. And Victor Oladipo had 23 points and eliminated Trey Young and the Hawks. Shout out, VO. Shout out, I love Vio. Yes, dude. It's, it's good to see him like that because all the injuries and shit he's been through, dude. Facts. And, I mean, he literally was, what, an all-star not even that long ago? Facts, bro. Bro, I cannot tell you how intently I will be watching the Sixers-Raptors game tomorrow night. Oh, 1,000%. I, I want the Sixers to push this to seven. Please, bro. Please, God, dude. If Doc blew that, I mean, he already leads the <laughs> NBA in three wins. Imagine if he blew the like the first ever 3-0 lead. I would, yeah, uh, his press conference, Doc, you just blew the first 3-0 lead ever. I don't know. I don't know. You know I tried. I just you know don't know. I'm going to go golf in L.A. and coach LeBron James now. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me go be with that Lakers bone team. Yeah. Yeah, Lakers are in a world of shit in the offseason, too. But you got, you got anything else for game six? That's about all I got. No, I don't. I I, I want to see a good Jaren game, though. I, right, I'm so begging. Please, I'm like, bro. I do just. We, we tried I'm to hype him up in game thousand. five, and it literally was his worst <laughs> no, game of the really series. It was, <laughs> I know. Maybe I should stop. Like, don't play well, Jaren. We really don't tried. Play well. yeah. If I don't hype you up, you play, you'll play well. So that's, that's my new theory. Jerry's gonna play horrible, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be abysmal. Hey, that's a key. Yeah, <laughs> my friend Andrew, he's a Knicks fan. He so he has like no hunt in this game. He flipped it on in the fourth, and when Cat hit that three, uh, he was like, "Dude, 
what if y'all come back? I'm like, shut the fuck up. This series is over. Or excuse my language, mom. Sorry if you're listening. You've been asking me. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he literally like, he was like, dude, y'all could come back. I'm like, dude, the series is over. Like, stop. And then Ja hit that three and he was like, you jinxed him into a win. I'm like, yes, we actually did. And then Anthony Edwards hit the three. I'm like, dude, what is this? Dude, see, yeah, me and Connor both, like, and hit that three and we were like, yeah, that's nice. And then we were both like, Ja gonna win this game. Yes. Um, so we got I love Ant. Exactly. I love Ant. And that three was insane. Incredible uh, play call by Finch. Like, give him credit. But where there's one good play made, there's going to be a bad one. And Ant made a bad one immediately after he went for that steal on Ja. God, and um, just gave him a runway. Just gave him a runway. He, and he, I mean, it was the rest is history. Uh, in that situation, I, I know we're wrapping up, but I want to mention this. In that situation, you have to force Ja to catch that ball going towards half court. Yeah, and Ja's not um, going to hit a pull-up fadeaway or a pull-up mid-range no. shot. No, just he's going to hit something at the basket. That's what he wants to get. I mean, we all. Exactly. Saw that game winner in Phoenix where he switches hands in midair and finds a way yep. to touch it off glass. He wants to get near the basket, bro. And like the fact that you go for a steal and just give him a runway in, like that's that's ridiculous. And he loves finishing yes. with his left hand. Like that's exactly what he wanted. Exactly. Make him hit another three, exactly. you know? But hey, thank also, you. Appreciate credit, it. Credit, yeah, credit uh Taylor Jenkins. He's like, look, you're gonna play on this dude's aggressiveness. You're gonna plant your foot and turn, and Dylan's gonna throw a pocket pass exactly. uh and we're gonna finish this exactly. um, so yeah it was awesome 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 game roller coaster of emotions but i mean i was sweating profusely after running around like a crazy man after that game was over so oh yeah dude, i felt that Shout out my, my shirt came off halfway through the fourth whenever we're down by 13 <laughs> i'm like jesus but yep. dude, i was yeah i was just sitting there like i felt bad for like my phone Cause I was just mashing the keyboard to like eight different people. Just how like terribly angry I was with this team. <laughs> but, hey, enough. I ride or die with the Grizzlies. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Memphis, world. God, I want one of those Grout Grout so bad. I have a Memphis versus Arizona. My Grout Yeah. 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 I see, you have that one. I got the. I'm a my Grizzly Grout I love that tough. one. That's tough, dude. Game one when I went, I was so disappointed. I'm like, Mem, this is the corniest shit I've ever seen in my life. I still oh, have is that it. really what it was? Yeah, I, I have it like draped over like beneath my TV in my bedroom, but like I'm like I'm not putting this in my living room. Memphis versus every, everybody lives on 2015 playoffs yeah. round two, baby. Thanks. What was uh what was game twos? Ah, God, what was it? I can't remember. I don't know what it was either. I'll figure it out. Ain't no running in the M. Yeah, that's tough too. I like that. That's not bad. That is tough. But anyway, ain't no running in the M. I like. Yeah, M. This is bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's where we lost game one. Yeah. God. Last night felt like game one, dude. I was there. It was like every time we made a run, it's in all three of those first three quarters. It was like we would start chipping into it, and then. We'd get it to eight, and then they'd hit a three. It's back up to 11, and then the 12, and then we cut it down to seven or eight, and then they hit a three. I'm like, God. Oh, one more <laughs> one more thing. I meant to mention this when we are talking about five. So we've talked about shot quality before. There's this um, Twitter account who uh, – it's analytic, 
analytically based. They have an algorithm where they predict uh, winners and losers of games based on the shot quality. So it's like how good of shots you're getting and usually when, you know, whenever you get good shots. Well, just for point of reference, okay, the Hawks and the Heat game last night. Final score is 97-94. Heat won by three. The shot quality score was 100-97. to Heat by three. That's how accurate this thing is. So we go to um, our Grizzlies game. Uh, actual score, Timberwolves 109, Grizzlies 111. We won by two, right? Mm-hmm. The shot quality score... Grizzlies 127, Timberwolves 105. Grizzlies won by 22. The win probability for that game was 98% on the Grizzlies. Jeez. That's how poor I'm of a team you, we were. We were missing yeah. so many bunnies. Exactly. Like, I know threes aren't bunnies. Like, I say that jokingly, but, like, when, when you're getting – literally, I think as cheesy as those TNT commentators are – I think they said like three or four different times, oh, practice shot. <laughs> yeah, literally. And we bricked it. <laughs> yeah. And Dylan, God, dude, just please shoot better, bro. Or shoot less, one or the other. Yeah, uh, yeah. let's look at FGAs. John Morant with 22. Love that. Desmond Bain with 20. Love that. Brandon Clark, 14. Love that. Dylan Brooks, 18. He almost <laughs> shot as many shots as Ja and Dez. And he like he knew how he was shooting the points. Yeah, exactly. And like he wasn't like on a hot streak or anything like coming into this or even in the game at all. He just kept getting them up. It's like God, dude, just stop. Thanks. But anyways, all right. Here's the game six, Friday night, seven o'clock. Can't wait and uh, get at us. And Cooper, I hope you have a great night, my friend. You as well, bro.